Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our God is an active God. He brought creation into existence because he is active. He remains involved in his creation even after his creation has fallen into sin because he is an active God. He came into this world in the flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ, because he's an active God. And he actively works to seek and to save those who are lost. Jesus died, he rose, in order that all people could be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And Jesus continues to be active in this world by sending his Holy Spirit into your lives That through you and through your activity, you are enabled to bring the good news of Jesus to this world. God is at work. Will you join him? This is the fourth week of our four-week fall kickoff series entitled Joining Jesus. And we have looked at over the last three weeks the questions of who is Jesus and And we answered, like Peter, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. We believe that Jesus is our Savior. And what did Jesus come to save us from? He came to save us from our sin. He came to save us from death's grip. He came to save us from the power of the devil. And Jesus promises to us a new life today and an eternal life forever. Jesus, therefore, we believe is Lord This is what we call him. He is Lord. That means he has authority and power and control over all things, heaven and on earth and under the earth. But the lordship of Jesus Christ, he does not govern and rule over us with fear and with worry. Jesus deals with us in grace and in love. And when Jesus is Lord, he doesn't just desire to be Lord over your one hour on Sunday morning life. He desires to be Lord of your entire life. And this is good for you because it enables you to have and live with hope and peace and joy and purpose. And that's good not just for you, but it's good for this world. As I said before, God is an active God. And he desires to have you, his people, join him in his work. So this is how we wrap up this four-week fall kickoff series with this final sermon entitled, God is at work, how do I join him? God is at work, how do I join him? And I mostly want to look at that gospel lesson that we just read together from John chapter 1, where we watch Jesus call disciples to follow him, and then we watch those disciples invite other people to follow him. Here's how it went. Let me set the stage just for you a little bit. John the Baptist was a close relative of Jesus, close relative of his, and John had been preparing the way for the Lord by, by, uh, by calling people to repentance and giving them a baptism of repentance. John had some people who were following him, and they were, they were ready for the Lord to come. And one day, John was there, and there were two of John's followers, his, his disciples, with him. And John saw Jesus coming and he said, look, behold, the Lamb of God. Now there is a whole bunch of theology, just one phrase that we just don't have time to deal with today, but essentially John is saying, there he is. I'm not your Savior. He is. He's the promised one. He's the one who's, who's been promised from all eternity. He is. This Jesus. This Jesus. And so 
The two disciples of John started following after Jesus, and Jesus turned around and he said, what are you guys doing? What are you seeking? And they said, Jesus, where are you staying? And Jesus said to them these two words, come and see. Come and see. They did. They went with Jesus and they talked with him. One of the two guys who was there, his name was Andrew. And Andrew had a brother named Peter. Like the Peter that we talk about a lot in the Bible. Peter. So Andrew was one of the initial two. And he went and saw Jesus. And then he came back and he went to his brother Peter. And he said, Peter, we found the Christ. And then Andrew brought his brother Peter to Jesus. The next day, Jesus got up and he went to a different region, to Galilee. And when he was there, he found Philip. And he went and he talked to Philip and told Philip to follow him. After that, Philip went to a guy named Nathaniel. And he said, Nathaniel, we've found the Christ, the one that Moses and the prophets long ago wrote about. Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. And Nathaniel has this phrase. Again, there's a lot of cultural uh, background to this, but Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Right? And then Philip said to him, two simple words, come and see. Come and see. Come and see. And Jesus said to those initial two, come and see. And they did. And they went and told other people, come and see Jesus. And they did. And you have the ability to do the exact same thing with other people. Come and see Jesus. Come and see him. And you might come back to me and then say something. If I, if I said to you, you could tell people, come and see Jesus. You might say to me, but when Jesus was here on earth, it was much easier to say that. <laughs> right? they, they literally could bring people to Jesus and say, come and see, here he, here he is. Right? Come and see, he's, he's right over here. He's, he's healing people. Go ahead, watch him. He's about to heal somebody who's blind. Oh, you have an ailment? Yeah, come and see Jesus. I bet he could heal you of that, right? You're right. We do not have that same sort of uh, tangible presence of Jesus in that same sort of way that they did to see Jesus in the flesh. However, however, you can still join the work of Jesus by confidently and simply saying to other people, come and see, come and see. Now, again, maybe you would say, well, where am I going to take them when I say this? What am I going to do when I tell them, come and see? Where, where are we supposed to go? So I have a couple of simple ideas for you. Maybe you've done this before, but you could bring them here, right? You could say, come and see. Come and see. Come with me to my church. Come and see. If you're in a small group Bible study or some other group that we have here at church, you could say, come and see. We pray together, we talk about Jesus, come and check it out, come and see. You can invite somebody, a neighbor or an unbeliever, over to dinner at your house and say, come and see, and through your hospitality and through the way that you live as Christian people in your homes, come and see Jesus at work in our home. Or you can simply share with them how Jesus has impacted your life in a, in a simple way. Come and see, come and see, come and see. Last night, last night, uh, there was a benefit concert uh, held at the Calumet Theater for the Omega House uh, with a cover band, Journey. I don't, know if, I don't know if any of you were rocking out, but I was up in the 
in the upper deck with my 80s fist pump going like, going like this. So I, I, had to t I had to dial it down, though. I found out at the Calumet Theater you're not allowed to stand up, though. So it was a very tame uh, rock concert. But nonetheless, there was a concert there, and, and we went with our small group Bible study that meets in our home. Now, some, some of the folks had the idea to go to this concert weeks ago, and I don't really know anything about Journey. I'm not, I'm not a huge Journey fan myself, but they said, let's go. Essentially said to me, come and see. Come check it out. Now, I think we can use this as an example. Think about it like this. I think that many times people, Christian people, have this idea that we, we've convinced ourselves that we don't know how to introduce other people to Jesus. Be, because we think that we don't know everything about Jesus ourselves, and so we don't necessarily know how to, you know, introduce them to that relationship. But that would be like saying, you know, if you were going to invite somebody to go to a concert, with you to a, to a show, that would be like saying that my friends from my small group would have needed to say to me, hey, Aaron, you should come with to this concert, to this Journey concert, and then they, they, they would have had to tell me every band member's name that ever performed with Journey, their places of birth, you know, the, every single album release date. They would have needed to know every single word to every single song and every single thing about Journey in order to invite me to go along with. That's not the way it works, right? I mean, if, you're, if you like following a, a band or something, you would say to your friends, I really like this band. I really, I really like them, right? Just come and see. Come check it out. Come check it out. I, I've learned some things about them. I really like them. Come check it out. And if you want to listen more later, that's up, that's up to you. I think the same thing is true oftentimes with us as Christian people. And I have heard, I've heard um, a couple of reasons. I'm going to give you two today. Two main reasons that Christians often don't feel comfortable sharing the good news of Jesus Christ in this world. And what I want to do today is show you how having that kind of mentality, the, the just come and see mentality, how that can help you to overcome some of your um, maybe fear of reaching out to other people to introduce them to Jesus. Here are two main reasons. I'm going to give you them one at a time why people often don't share the good news of Jesus. The first one is this. I don't have all the answers. Or going along with that is the fear of saying, I don't know. And this is, in a sense, what I just shared with you in the situation I gave to you before, right? But somehow, for some reason, we have this idea that if we're to invite somebody to come and see Jesus, that we need to know absolutely everything about Jesus. I've heard people say this, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know enough, right? For some reason, we think that we need to know the name of every single book of the Bible, how many books of the Bible there are, what their order is, the themes of every single book of the Bible, and, and how it all ties together and where Jesus fits in every chapter and verse, and just have the whole thing memorized and be able to pull out scriptures at, at a whim's notice, right? I, I, I've heard this from people, so I'm, not, I'm, I'm assuming that some of you feel that same way. And I think going along with this is the fear of saying, I don't know. 
I think we've built it into ourselves to not even introduce somebody to Jesus. One, because we don't think that we know everything. And then that leads to the fear of already thinking, well, what if they ask me something and I don't know the answer to it? I don't want to come across as some half-Christian, right? Some, I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want people to think that I'm not a credible Christian. Well, let me tell you, it's much more honest for you to simply say, I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I've never really thought about that before. Let me, let me look into it, and, uh, and maybe we can get together again and, and chat about that some more. And then that's where you can reach out to me, and you can call me up and say, Hey, Pastor, I have this crazy question, and I'll say to you, Hmm, that's an interesting question. You should go look that up and, you know, report back to me on what you find, <laughs> right? No, I mean, but that's how, that's how it goes. You don't have to have all the answers. It's okay to simply say, I don't, I don't know. Let's think about that. Let's process that together. Following Jesus is not about having all the facts memorized about him. It's about having a relationship with him. The other reason that I often hear as why people do not share the good news with other people is this. I don't want to be offensive or ruin the relationship that already exists. We have this fear, and I've heard this, and I'm honest, I'm also guilty of this myself. We have this fear that somehow if we mention the truth of Jesus Christ, the love of Jesus Christ, if somehow if we even just mention the name of Jesus Christ, that somehow the other party will stop liking us. <laughs> or that somehow they'll get mad and walk away from us and, and the relationship will be over. We live in a weird time in this uh, society. We live in a d- very divided culture, you know that. And it, it seems as though people have forgotten how to have open and honest dialogue and discussions and disagreements with one another and just air it all out and have the conversation and still, you know, love one another. We've been conditioned somehow to think that if somebody has a different idea about something that they are now a mortal enemy of ours and we're not allowed to talk to them. It seems that we've been conditioned to think this way and and along with that we've been conditioned to think that religion is just one of those triggers as well. And that religion should just be one of those things that you keep to yourself because everybody should be entitled to their own idea and you don't want to push your agenda on anybody. Here's the deal. I think if, if your fear is that you're, by speaking the love of Jesus Christ, if, if your fear is that you're going to ruin the relationship, I think you're ready to bring the good news of Jesus into the situation. Because if that's your fear, it means you actually love the person. Right? If, you're, if you worry about losing that relationship, it means you actually love them. And if that's the case, if you love somebody so much, you're going to approach them in such a way that is not offensive and it's not pushy. And plus, you bring with you the grace and love and peace of Jesus Christ. And ultimately, remember this, it's not your job to save sinners. It's not your job to convince anybody of the truth of Jesus Christ. It's not your job to have the most convincing proof. Jesus handles all of that. The Word of God stands uh, already with authority over all things. You bring with you that authority of Jesus Christ. Jesus can handle that. It's, but it is, it is your job, however, to introduce people to Jesus. 
to introduce people to him. And all you really have to do in those situations is go back to those two simple words, come and see. Just come and see. Come and see Jesus, you can tell your friends. Come and see him. I've, I've gotten to know him. I've gotten to know this Jesus, and I, I, really, I really like him. I do believe that he is real. I, I believe he died for me and rose for me. I believe without him I'm, I'm lost, and I, I don't have a way forward in this life or in eternity. I, I've gotten to know this Jesus, and, and he has promised us in the scriptures, that he's going to come again. He's going to, he's going to fix all that's broken. He's going to restore things to, to perfection. He's going to right all of the wrongs. And, and until that time comes, even right now, even right now, I've experienced his love and forgiveness. I've experienced his forgiveness in my life. And his forgiveness and grace is, is most meaningful when I know that I haven't deserved it. But I've experienced this. I I know this about Jesus. And he keeps forgiving me every single day with open arms. I've never had a relationship like that with anybody in in this world. Would you come and see him? Come and see. That good news is for you too. There are a couple of things that I think that a couple of just practical things I want to give you along with this. That if you can ponder some of these things and, and, and think on them yourselves, that in natural everyday conversations, you'll be more apt and ready uh, to, to speak the good news of Jesus into people's lives when you're having conversations. So let me share just four things with you real quick, things for you to think about. One, if you can kind of have ready, what is God doing in my life? Have you, have you ever identified that, you know, I mean, do you, do you realize the purpose that you have? Or is your faith just a Sunday morning thing? I, I pray that you see God at work in your life in all kinds of ways. If you can find a way to speak that. The second thing, why does my family make the priorities we do with our finances and with our time? Because you're going you're gonna to run into all kinds of situations where you're going to hear people talking or worrying or complaining about their financial situation or finances in general. And also you're going to hear people talking and complaining about their schedules and their time all over the place. So you'll have opportunities right then and there to talk about the way that you prioritize things and why, why do you do that as a person of faith. Here's another one. You could just simply say to somebody, you know, I, I actually learned something really cool in the Bible recently. Do you mind if I share it with you? All right. I, don't, I don't know what the cool thing is that you're going to learn, but you could learn something cool and share it with somebody. Or finally, that last invitation, you know, you can simply ask me, do you have a church that you attend? And if they say yes, you say, awesome, awesome, go and, go and be involved there. But if not, you're invited to come to the one I go to. Maybe we can go and grab lunch afterwards on Sunday. Now, maybe that just seems way too simple or too practical, but I think if you have some of those things ready in natural conversations, you'll, you'll find yourself more apt to be able to speak about what Jesus means in your life. But let me just remind you, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to know every single detail about the scriptures. Obviously, we want you learning those things, but that is not a prerequisite to introducing somebody to Jesus. You don't have to live in fear of causing offense. If you have that come-and-see mentality, you can leave all of your trust and hope in Jesus. And that's a good place to leave it. 
Because then you allow him to be who he truly is. And then he has the power to work in your life and in, through your life into the lives of this world. I pray that this sermon series has been applicable for you as we join Jesus in his work. And I pray that he'll continue to mobilize your heart and your hands and your habits as you live in this world. We're going to kind of keep the same sort of theme uh, moving forward, this, this theme of discipleship, as we go into a, a Bible book uh, study. Starting next week, we're going to be studying the book of Acts together as we watch the earliest Christians uh, do what Jesus commanded them to do, be my witnesses all throughout the world. That's what the book of Acts is all about. A lot of exciting stories and powerful witness by regular, ordinary people like you and me. So I pray that you come back for that. Um, after next Sunday, we're actually going to have some daily reading lists uh, in order to kind of stay on track, reading through the book of Acts together. Uh, but if you're, if you're homework people, uh, you don't have to do anything to prepare for next Sunday. We'll get you started uh, with that uh, then. So I pray that you go in God's grace and in his peace. Join him. Join him in his work. Amen. Amen.